Hello, and welcome to episode 152 of the Book Wars Pod. Another happy landing. Is it? Question. I mean, in the, in the sense that Obi-Wan meant when he said it, it's Fair. very similar to a, <laughs> to a starship wreck. The intention is, it remains there. Indeed. Context is key, Miranda. Is that what they say? That Someone does, I don't know. Definitely not on our pod. <laughs> yeah, we are context-free. No uh, context pod. As you can hear, everybody, I'm Chris. I'm here with Miranda, Rana, and silently, Kristen. Uh, it's not my fault. She yeah, is like on top of the drop level today, is 100% your own fault, though. This is true. Um, today, we are continuing on with Light of the Jedi, diving into the High Republic. Uh, reading chapter 19 through 25. But first, before we talk about space shit, what are we drinking? Kristen, go. Kristen's also vaping right now. <laughs> Don't say that. Um, <laughs> That's why she's been quiet. I am drinking mint tea. I also had some chocolate and peanut butter ice cream. If Yum. you weren't sure what she was vaping, that should tell us. <laughs> it was delicious. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> um chris what are you drinking i saw a beer i think i am drinking beer which is rare enough for me um kate and i went with some friends to uh jade mountain brewing company in denver this weekend uh they are an asian american owned and operated Ooh. brewery and they were doing a chinese new year celebration with many new releases and literally every beer i had was delicious every single one i tried and so we bought a couple cans to take home. This one is the Moon Goddess. It is a fruited dark sour uh, brewed with chocolate and raspberry. That sounds fucking amazing. Oh. It's fucking fantastic. I also and look say, at the can. The can is so pretty. Yeah, it's a really nice can, right? Um, I'll take a picture and then probably never send it to Burb. Uh, <laughs> we'll try but, to hold you accountable to that. <laughs> yeah. No, but to Chris not, also to not has to access to the Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't. I got in trouble last time I was in charge of the Instagram, so I don't touch that <laughs> shit. Um, what I was going to say about Jade Mountain Brewing Company, they had a sour that was literally called the Orange Chicken, and it tasted like orange chilies and honey, and it literally tasted <laughs> like beer and orange chicken, and it was fucking incredible. I need to go there. Yeah, Ron, as, Ron yeah, we'll take you. It's go. fucking amazing. I, I, I like I'm going with I was or without like, you. I like I gotta leave. be there. Yeah. And and I think most of these is just their standard shit. Like they had a couple mm. new ones for Lunar New Year. But where is it located? Uh Aurora. Okay. Oh. Not too far. Yeah, no, not too far from you. Slightly further like slightly too far for me and Kate to just make it our like standard place yeah. to go for beer. But Honestly, I don't care because it was that delicious. Anyway, I was excited to talk about drinking something interesting for once. Rana, what are you doing? 
Um, I am drinking this wine, which I vacuum sealed like a week and a half ago because I forgot it was on top of my fridge. Um, I opened this when I was on a, a way um, up in Steamboat with my boyfriend and some friends and I opened this and no one else wanted any and I was like, I cannot drink an entire bottle of wine. So I saved the rest of it for now. It is a uh, Syrah, it's the Sixth Sense Syrah, it's a Michael David wine. I've had other Michael David wines on the pod uh, because they have good sales and they are delicious. So 2018 does not have any description and it just says, awaken your senses. But it's good. It has, uh, <laughs> it's kind of smoky and it has a really funny, well it's not at all funny, but it's like a sort of funny um, label and everything. So yeah, it's delicious. I enjoy it. That's what I'm drinking. What I about you, Sarah? Yeah, Sarah's good. I had a joke about your thing, but I forgot it. Um, uh-huh, I'm so funny. You're so funny. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I said I fucked it up by saying that I was funny because I am not. So, same level of enthusiasm, though. So, I am drinking something new today. It is the Blackberry Parfait, which is a kettle sour ale from. Uh, our friends down at Fieldwork Brewing, um, based in Berkeley. They're, uh, they got a few places in the Bay Area. I like them a lot and try to go whenever I'm down there. Um, I went to the internet to look this up, and it's kind of long. But it's a, they've got like a, a series of tart beers, I guess, that are parfaits that they do a, a base of oats and milk sugar. And then they sour them, and then they do the the fruiting part. Um, it's really good. It's really tart, and I've got thirty two ounces of it. Nice. Sounds love that delicious. So very excited. All right. Well, before the final thing before we dive in is as a reminder for this book. We don't have a specific organization, but we are encouraging people to go and either donate blood or donate to your local food bank through whatever local organizations are appropriate to your location. Um, all right, so space bad guys. They seem bad. They're bad and they're in space. They what are. What makes you say that? Well. Is it the murder? Honestly, name. it's more that their hideout is just a giant floating platform <laughs> in space. <laughs> That's badass, though. It has cool engineering. Like, whatever these vacuum seals are to make it look like there's nothing between them and space. That's, that's pretty cool. Also, they're called the Nile, which I'm like, okay. I do like all their storm imagery. How, yes. like, their ranks and everything mm-hmm. are based on, like, you're the tempest, the clouds, the strikes. Like, yeah, I, I like that. I know that they're not good people, but I enjoy a good storm imagery. They have a, a good aesthetic. Good imagery, whatever. Pretend it means. I sense. like I like how they make clouds seem intimidating. <laughs> You've never seen intimidating clouds? I have seen many cumulonimbus yeah. clouds in my life before, however <laughs> <laughs> that is not what you first think of when you think like, of the word cloud. <laughs> I think True. it depends on the context. Like if you're like on top of a mountain and you see a crazy storm cloud, that's really fucking intimidating. Yeah, but if I say the word cloud, you're going to think of, like, a little fluffy guy. Mm-hmm. I think of thunderclouds because they're really thunder. But they're not intimidating. Those are nice. So you're right still. But Okay. okay. <laughs> Maybe I just have problems. <laughs> I think we've established this on the Don't pod. we all? 
Um, but I think you're probably right. Yeah, that's probably like a normal person, with like a normal human brain that is not weird. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. What's <laughs> wrong with me? Every time we record, I get so tired. It's like we recorded where it's 9 p.m. now, and my brain is like bedtime, 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 and that's all I can think about. So it's a mood. It's yeah, a whole mood. It's true. Tomorrow I'm going to bed at like 8:45. I can't wait. Ooh, nice. I don't envy that at all because I don't enjoy doing that. But good for you. You do. Sorry. You, you know who doesn't go to bed at 8:45? The Nile. Denial. With their <laughs> open drinking and drug policy at all company events. Hey, they what? definitely wanted to buy some death sticks. There's no question. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, I think that's in the future part of this book. So I will not bring it up. But they do not give a fuck about alcohol or drugs in the workplace. Yeah, no, that happened in this part. When he talks about them, like the members of the team, like snorting powder to not care about their teammate or something. Okay, never mind. I'm sure it will get worse. <laughs> um, but yes, Miranda, as you pointed out, the Nile, uh, Newt Gunray, and the rat at the end of The Departed think it's a little on the nose, but that is, it is Star Wars, so. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to learn more about them, though. Like, it, it's kind of established that, like, you know, obviously there are these raiders and the Outer Ram, and it seems like there are a bunch of, like, intimidating idiots who just lucked into meeting um, the weird guy's dad. And he was like, have I got a proposition for you? Would you like to kill people and get super rich? Yes. I'm, in <laughs> I'm intrigued by their style. Like, the masks are interesting, but what really got me was the teal leather suit. The, like, turquoise leather suit. I was like, hmm, I would like to see this. This is this is interesting. This is not what you expect, like someone leading, you know, one of the three to four bosses of like a massive crime group to be wearing like a teal leather suit. I I'm like, all right, they got some style, and they do the the lightning mm -hmm. as like their signature mark. They'll like leave it on the house of uh, some people they just killed. Like, all right, dude, it's it's fucked up, but it's pretty badass. They absolutely come from the George Lucas school of subtlety. There's there's no <laughs> yes. question about that. Um, but I just enjoy that it's an opponent that isn't the Sith and isn't force sensitive and like are mostly just kind of scrappy. Like yeah, it's that's new. They don't have like in general, they don't have like ulterior motives to you know, take over the galaxy or do like they're they're raiders. Yeah. At least they all but one of them don't have an ulterior motive. Yeah, one definitely does. Three of them are raiders <laughs> <laughs> and just want to go smash and kill and drink. And get their money. And get money. They're get really paid. money motivated. They like are. my dog is food motivated. These people are money motivated. My cat is beverage motivated. <laughs> Specifically, mine. <laughs> you just put a bowl of money in front of them, they go crazy. Yeah. They you can't do any trick. It's real weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, whose point is this first one? Because I think it's a really good one. Oh, it's mine. Um, so I kind of just alluded to this, that they're just some, you know, folks. They're regular raiders, idiots who want money and to kill people. 
and they've got weapons um, and they hit it big. But that's also, I love that it's still, even though it's kind of like a new thing, like the vibes of the Nile, it is the same goddamn power structure as every other shit we see in the entire galaxy. It is some guy. He's smart. He is a guy. Thank you, George Lucas. Um, he's smart. He's got plans. Maybe he's like a little sneaky, like he'll, you know, punch you in the face or like whip out the force to do whatever Palpatine does. Um, but he's just a dude with a plan and he found these guys with guns and a lady with a ship that she named after herself. <laughs> I fucking love Lorna D. Lorna I D like might be my favorite it. character in the higher public. I respect the hell out of her for that. <laughs> yeah, she's great. I think this is the first time that I've heard of, um, oh my God, my brain is failing me, but whatever the, what do we call the appendages that Twi'leks have? My brain is failing me. I'm sorry. Leku? Yeah, Leku? this is the first time I've heard anyone described as having really thin Leku as part of their like character description. And I was like, huh, interesting. They describe them as like emaciated. And I was like, oh, that makes me sad. Picturing two like scraggly little, yeah. She is very strange. We're gonna we're gonna learn a lot more about her um, over the course of the next several books, and particularly Phase Two of the Higher Public stuff. But it's all about her, and she is even weirder than you think she is. I'm ready. Bring it. I like that they describe her skin as swamp colored. Like, all right, yeah, here for this. What a description. Swamp water's cool. I mean, I want to be in it, but it's cool. I like no. it. No, I mean, it, but it does make her seem evil, which yeah. is cool. Because, like, every other Twilight we come across, like, when they're describing the physical appearance, it's always, like, these lovely things. And, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, we see in the visual media and stuff, it's usually, like, lovely blues and greens and other colors and it's all like really really pretty and they're like she looks like a swamp yeah and especially twi'leks too like they're like the the beautiful like desirable objects of the galaxy although yeah. book of book of boba fett has given us male twi'lek sex slaves in addition to female twi'lek sex slaves this is the equality that we are all looking for so thank you for that um that's the future the liberals want this it, is you know it sure thank is. you robert rodriguez yeah um, but yeah, no, she is like, like Pan Ada is like big and Kasev is a weak way. So I just imagine him talking like Hondo's pirates, but like she is very distinct and I think, and that's intentional, I think, mm-hmm. um, in her character development and kind of shows where she's come from. And as we're going to learn later, later, not even in this book, but later down the road. I have felt like the character development and world building and things is done really well in this. Um, It doesn't, I mean, it's Star Wars, so it's always heavy handed, but it feels like it fits into the storyline well. um, And there's a lot of use of aliens, like not just all humanoids um, and things like that, that I think are interesting. And like a lot of references over and over again to how their species has shaped the way they speak or the way that they solve problems. And, I, I like the character building in this a lot. I also, again, it's, it's heavy-handed. I really like, you know, how we get this very specific description of her 
and she is so distinct, as Chris says, when literally she's with two, like, kind of big, dumb warrior guys. They're they're very smash, and she's very, let's think about this yeah. in an evil way. Yeah. <laughs> they're very smash, and she's very carve. Yes. <laughs> yes, I like that. That's better. Um... <laughs> Sorry, Rana, I just saw your chat. Um, it's fine. For those who, now that some people know what the fuck is happening, I made a really disgusting face, which, like, yes, is my standard, but also, like, an especially, like, whoa, what is this face? But then I had to put in the chat that it, it, I accidentally drank an Argos hair. So that's what happened. Tasty. It's got fiber. I don't think it does. I don't think that's true. Shh. Sure it does. Alrighty. <laughs> um, so, and we'll talk much more about Markeon Rowe as we continue, as I think it is fair to assume, based on his role so far, he is not going anywhere. Um, but he is simul- like he like feels like he has all the power, but he also doesn't know if he has any power. And it's like this really interesting dichotomy between like how he sees himself and how his situation is, but also he does have some power. I don't know. There's like, he there's a lot going on with him. It's it's weird because like he's the reason that the Nile got so big and so successful, and like they could still do their thing without him, but he can't do his thing without them. Like if they if they dumped him, if they just killed him, like they're not going to be as successful because they won't have the paths. But also they get more money, so who cares, right? But he's nothing without his little space army. He's more temperamental, I think, than we see in some of the more calculated villains. Like, he's calculated, but he's very temperamental. Um, And I'm very curious to dive deeper into the character and see how much of his assumptions of the other Tempests are, like, paranoia versus how much of them are accurate. Like, what he talks about of if they killed his father and all these other things, like I want to, I'm really curious to learn more about that. Yeah. They definitely killed his dad. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but also like (laughs) he, it's interesting because they also seem to have had more respect for his dad than they did for him or they do for for him. And so I want to know more of like, I I'm sure that they probably did kill his dad, but also like, I wouldn't be surprised if he himself had a role in that. Like he's very conniving. Yeah. And clearly the power was going to go to him. Like, who else is going to know that you're torturing old people? <laughs> yeah. No, Rana, I think one the one point you made is that he's, like, has more outbursts, I think, was the way you framed it. But, yeah, he definitely, like, kind of gives in to his, uh, how to frame this, gives in to his, like, the devil's on his shoulder, like, you know, letting him lose control a little bit. He's no Palpatine who has never lost control, like, in his life that we've seen for sure like he the the old lady who flies his ship didn't come out of her trance quickly enough so he hit a shock button over and over again until she almost died yeah and then he's like maybe i can do it again i don't think marky mark can use the force to control his outbursts though which is a key difference between him and a sith lord so I know that you're talking about this person, but I, in my brain, I was like, was Mark Wahlberg in a Star Wars thing? Like, I don't remember that. And then I, realized... I mean, Marky Mark also famously can't control his outbursts. Exactly. So. Yeah. Should be. 
never working again, but whatever. Yeah. Hate crimes, blinding people for being Vietnamese, you know. You know, casually, as one does. Um, now I'm just thinking about how bad the Uncharted movie looks. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not great. Yeah. Just everything, everything about it. Poor decisions were made. Uh, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to learn more about Marky on Rowe and kind of what he's after, but it definitely seems like he is, he is like, he is part of the Nile, but he also doesn't seem like he is like of the Nile, if that makes sense. Like he yeah, absolutely doesn't seem to think that he is like, you know, he is part of the storm. Like he thinks he is him and in his perfect world, they all work for him, which is also, you know, somewhat different from organizations that, and villains that we've seen in Star Wars that are, you know, very often run by true believers of some sort. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting, too, that he I think he might if he were more strategic, he might be able to use the Nile in the form of the Nile and like all of these things, um, the social structures to his advantage. And instead, we see that he, like, sits alone. He really doesn't take this opportunity to speak to everyone, to give what could have been, what, a 30-second speech to, if he, I think he, if he were more um, strategic, he would have been able to use this as an opportunity to build his base and to really be seen as the figurehead that he thinks he is. But I don't think he has that sort of, I don't know what to call it, but he doesn't seem to have that sort of, like, INTJ framing. Yeah. <laughs> Not that Myers-Briggs means anything, but, you know. It only oh, means something had... in Star Wars, to be clear. Yes, exactly. I'm thinking <laughs> of that chart of, like, it's all bullshit, but the, like, Star Wars characters as as Myers-Briggs, and it has, like, Palpatine as INTJ, but it's, like, the most disfigured version of Palpatine, and I always send it to my mom because she's an INTJ. And I'm like, ha-ha. I love it. I don't know why I shared that story, but personal anecdotes with Rana that have nothing to do with what we're talking about. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I had half a point before I had to... Um battle it out with my cat so he didn't interrupt the podcast um what was it about oh yeah so like i think he wants to like rule the not rule the nile because that's not how it works but it's like he's using the chaos of the nile to serve a higher purpose which is him taking over the world probably um I don't know. I this there was a point. Cool. <laughs> Star Wars. <clears throat> a point in our Star Wars? Never. Um, well, Miranda, if it comes back to you, let us know. Will do. I will shout it out at an inopportune time. Perfect. Just not like don't even preface it with anything. Just like start talking over whoever's talking and make the point <laughs> and we'll sort it all out later. I'll make it as vague as possible, too. Good. Hey, Excellent. Being vague and talking over people is my strategy in life, apparently. <laughs> so. Um, speaking of vagaries, less, less the talking over people part, but hyperspace is weird. And yeah. so is Mari Santeca. Yeah. Yeah. I like that we get to see, like, how Marky Mark is getting his paths but also, like, that's fucked, man. You're keeping this little old lady alive for profit. Yeah. It's sad how she confuses him as him, his father, her father, her son. Like, 
every possible person. It's yeah, it's it's very sad. Very yeah. Very elder abuse type situation. Not yeah. that they care about that, but And then he like gaslights the hell out of her. She's like, Oh, I can do this and he's like really incessant, like freaking out, like, I gotta get her to do this thing right now. And she's just this kind old lady. I mean well, not to defend him, but she could keel over at any second. She oh, it's could, absolutely but he takes true. no measures to prevent that. Like That's very true. If he had given her a few more days, he still could have made this work to his advantage. They could have done their shit. He could have waited a couple days. Instead, he's risking everything by pushing her harder and harder. And when I say pushing harder and harder, like physically inducing electrocution, all sorts of things that the doctor has said, like, this this could kill her. She had a seizure, blah, blah, blah. And he just turns off the doctor. He's like, oh, she doesn't know anything. Um, I just feel like he could be... My brain stopped working in the middle of that sentence. But he could use his time more wisely for a better purpose if he were to, like, treat her in a different way. I think he would be able to get more out of her versus, like, everything for 25 minutes. Oh, she's dying. Needs to recharge everything for 25 minutes. Like, it's like someone with a, like, 2005 iPhone that dies every time it gets cold. Like, it's it's not going to work. Yeah. It's like he's so focused that he gets... We didn't have iPhones like, in 2005. Sorry, I'm going to fix that sentence. 2015. Super. Let's say 2015. Sorry, Miranda. Go ahead. My my iPhone did die because it was too cold in 2015. Yeah, it happens to me every day. <laughs> That's why um, do you think I know it doesn't work? But yeah, but he's like, he's kind of so focused on his, like, what he wants that he's just, he loses focus. He's like, I need this thing. And I need it now. Like, big Veruca salt energy, right? Like, he needs it right now or it's never going to happen. And I'm like, dude, you can, like, you can wait the week. You're fine. Yeah, I mean, he even says... Use it when you need it. It's your money. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. It's my money and I want it now. Um, Also, like, we see him not be at all strategic. I said the word strategic so many times in this pod. But, um where he says like he clearly doesn't have a plan for everything he talks about how he's had her chart these things and how he doesn't have uses for them yet and maybe he will eventually which is fine right like have your cache of stuff but i don't understand why he's not either trying to be more strategic about what it is that she maps or just coming up with a way to use these things in the niles plans like it's interesting to me that he just says oh well i have this database for when i need it okay yeah i guess but if you're going to keep the database and you want to keep expanding it, like, maybe you should treat the lady who's given you all the information a little better so she doesn't just kill over on you, and then you can't learn anything more about it. A woman treated kindly in Star Wars? Come on. She's probably the oldest woman in Star Wars. Well, I guess we have Maz. Maz. But yeah. 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 Oldest humanoid woman. Usually yeah, they're was... dead for plot. Related. I'm... What a... Sorry. No, you're what good. A... Go ahead. What a great scene when um, the Jedi go to Naboo and they're like, hey, guys, can this weird uh, hyperspace thing happen? And they're like, nope. And uh, Elzar Man's like, that seems fake, but okay. Mm-hmm. And then the Jedi leave and they're like, she's definitely not still alive. And then, of course, big narrator voices. She's definitely still alive. Yep. Yeah, and it's also like, 
it's it's interesting to find out about like kind of like hyperspace pioneering in the first place and like and the santeca clan which those santecas you're right it is famously the family of lore santeca the old guy who is in tfa and not named um he's which got is, the map he has the map mm, makes sense Luke skywalker or so they hyperspace say hyperspace lanes yeah trade routes they've fallen pretty far as a family by then gotta say or is he just well, a weirdo no more need... to be fair could be, could that. be both that's true why not both um what was my point oh i enjoyed like knowing that hyperspace prospecting was like literally just you just fucking like stumbled into this fucking gold mine of like scientific exploration and you used it to get rich and that's why you're famous it's very like star trek i fell into an unknown void and i came out with powers vibes it's also very like history of so many families who've accumulated wealth mm-hmm. that's, like that's in real the life american dream yeah exactly you didn't do as much work as people think you did and now you have shit tons of money i want to be like that i just always think of that scene in the good place uh where like they're introducing like the new assholes to the bad place to try and get them to like be better and there's the guy who's like I turned my father's $20 million company into a $26 million company. (laughs) (laughs) I just like, that's like, honestly, Loki, one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in my life. Big success. Yeah. (laughs) Especially considering like inflation probably means that's really lost value at some point. Yeah. So basically Marlo Santeca is that guy from the bad place. (laughs) Heard it here first. Yeah, but it's, and again, we know, we know my feelings on, like, when in the galaxy's history this takes place, considering everything. But, like, it it is really cool to see, kind of, you know, they're still very much in the process of exploring space and pioneering the hyperlanes. And, like, at least they're helpful. They're like, sure, we'll give you all these fucking droids. Mm Mm-hmm. We can do that. We just won't tell you the truth about this weird, great, 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 great something ant who may or may not still be alive and can do weird shit in the hyperlanes. You don't need to know that. That is not relevant information. No. Um, speaking of shit that happened on Naboo, let's talk about the Jedi. And specifically, let's talk about Avar and Elzar because they so have... Cool. They're 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 friendos, but they also have some chemistry. Yeah, there's something weird happening there. Are you talking about force chemistry, or are they gonna bang? Both. Yes. Both. Cool. Uh, but they're just like you can already get the sense that the whole no attachment thing is is kind of gone by the wayside with them. I mean, in the beginning of the book, they were talking about those novels of, like, Jedi romances where they're pining for each other and they can't be with each other and how everyone thinks they're so fucking annoying, but they're, mm-hmm. like, super best-selling author or, like, books or whatever. Um, and then I was like, is this the author making fun of himself for putting this into <laughs> the book? No, I'm curious. I think, I mean, I, I think we can maybe extrapolate that to the Jedi at large. Yeah, like, for sure. I mean, it's, got it's nature. Like, I was going to say human nature, but it's not all humans. But yeah, it's it's going to happen. 
Yeah, and it is it's interesting to see that they're, you know, back 200 years ago and presumably since the dawn of time, like the Jedi have been struggling with this paradox of you need to care about everything and also care about nothing. Uh-huh. I feel like it has the same logic as teaching abstinence to teens. Yep. It's like people try it, doesn't work, they try it again, still doesn't work. Yeah. Burb, you look like you have thoughts on this. I just, I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> it's not a very good analogy, but it's what popped into my head. Yeah, I also don't know what Chris's point for them was going to be. Oh, just that they, you know, they're they're very central characters in this, and they have kind of a unique relationship in Star Wars, which is that of specifically two Jedi who are extremely close Potentially closer than is uh, um, advisable. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's... If you ignore weird tension subtext... Subtext? Um, Where are air horns? What? <laughs> yeah, that was a moment. It's it's really cool, and I we've touched on this before. Like, we have not seen a ton of stories in Star Wars at large, like where we get a look inside of what the Jedi are doing and thinking. Like, we get some. They're usually about like one of the main characters or few and far between. And this is like, oh, this connection that they have. It's like she looks over and he like. They're lying. Can I? What do they call it? The mind touch. Yeah. He's like, I want to mind touch them, and she's like, Don't do it. We've talked about this, Elzar. <laughs> yeah. But also, uh, is it this section where he's thinking about, um, like, why he's picked to be mm-hmm. on her team? No, someone else has been thinking about that a little bit, but he hasn't yet. Okay. Um, he mentions a little bit how he suspects it's so that she can like bump him up so he can make master. That was yeah, that was okay. the thing I was thinking about. Like, <clears throat> and that feels like something she shouldn't be doing. Yeah, that feels like you know if everybody else doesn't want to make him a master, there might be a reason for that. Well, it seems when like is that ever happened? I feel like the reason for that is that the Jedi, period. Um, especially when he's like, he seems really cool. Like he's coming up with, he's just doing like basic things with the Force that they're like, you can't use the Force for this. And like he's coming up with new ways to use it and like new, you know, paths to a solution and everyone gets mad at him. And that's why he's never made Master. And she's like, I think she, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, like, there are plenty of Jedi who are just as qualified or more qualified to do this, but, like, he can get a master if he's on this big project and it goes well. Oh, I definitely missed that part if that was in this section, but I'm not surprised by that. I did, as a side note, somewhat related, but much less important, I can't believe he's the one who coined the term Jedi mind trick. Like... That was Is he? I missed that actually. Yeah, there's a line where it's like they call it the um, the mind touch of the Jedi, or as he likes to call it, the mind trick. And I was like, oh, it really will catch on in like 200 years. <laughs> yeah, right. Ahead of his time. <laughs> it's 
the the hottest slang in the galaxy, folks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do appreciate that Elzar is all of us when he's like, if I can do space magic, why would I not do the space magic in any and, situation that could be solved by said space magic? And also <laughs> but, in drinking the super expensive alcohol that's left out for them. Oh, yeah. He, he's got good taste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there are rules, you see. You can't use a space magic. Catch me you using know. the force to peel potatoes. <laughs> I was I was gonna say you can only use it to cut fruit. Oh, I hate specifically that so much. if they're in the air. Yes. Oh no, no, he he cuts it on his plate, but like it's oh, gotta be true. pears. Elzar would have cut it in the air. Absolutely. He might have like de-seeded the pear and everything. Yeah. Would have put more effort into it for sure. Peeled it. Yeah, absolutely. Would have actually gotten it to CGI right. <laughs> I was gonna say Let's not get carried like away. The force can't do for everything. Other things, but then the CGI <laughs> came up, and I was like, "Yeah, no, okay." Um, amazing. Hi, puppy. Sorry, the dog. Oh, orca. Puppy. I um, am kind of surprised at how present the Jedi are in this. Like, yeah. I mean, I know it makes sense that they are because it's this period of time, but I mean, thinking about their like outpost temple, how they have just carved this massive thing they have like i don't know i liked their statues i'm a i'm a big fan of these things in fantasy series um they have like their version of the agnaroth or whatever the colossus of bronze but not on the water but i just find it really fascinating um that they're just able to like have this sort of influence where they can just carve a jedi temple into a planet for the sake of having somewhere to live um Mm -hmm. And well, also just their general presence. Like, people are aware of them. People know where they are. There's really not the veil of secrecy that we see or the veil of mystery that we see. There's still some mystery, but it's not anything like we'll see in the, you know, Skywalker trilogy. Yeah, they're literally better to, like, help teach the kids and, you know, settle little disputes and help with research and, like, all this stuff. And I did have the thought while I was reading it. I was like, what if the Peace Corps got magic powers. <laughs> and and also less got problematic. S- super, yeah, less problematic, super involved in local politics <laughs> and policing. But it's like, it, the concept is like, they're there to help with whatever, right? Do you need protection? Do you need to settle a local trade dispute? you need to teach your children something it's not clear what the jedi are teaching these children but don't fall (laughs) uh that has not been taught effectively yet (laughs) uh i don't think that's gonna go as well with non-jedi children you never know until you try burb (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna try that um i do love that like the jedi are always like we are selfless we do not think of ourselves. And yet they always have big fucking statues of themselves wherever you go. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking about that too. I was like, this seems, I don't want to say arrogant, but oh, I interesting arrogant. for a group of people who claim humility as like their top value. How else are you going to know that the Jedi live in the big hole they carved out into the side of the mountain with their space magic? 
yeah, like, what are they supposed to do? Put up a sign? Like, plebes? <laughs> it's kind of like a superhero lair, like, in, mm-hmm. in those, like, superhero cartoons from a long time ago where they'd have, like, their base. And then, I don't know, it's like they want people to know where to find them. They want, but then, I guess they kind of know where to find them when they have the, the message. But it does not get to them fast enough. Like, for all of their effort into being visible, I feel like they could be more reachable by the average person. I know they're not their security forces or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, the Bat Cave is not particularly centrally located in yeah, this no. instance. <laughs> True. It's real cool, though. I just, this is, and I'm going to yell about this the whole time we're doing the High Republic, as I, I really like to see what it was like when there were a lot of Jedi and before Yoda was in charge and, like, yeah. we shouldn't do shit. Because um, then, you know, there's this outpost on, um, what's this planet? Elfrona. 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 Um, but there's, you know, there's a... You know, Bell is talking about like, oh, there's one on Moncala, and this is how it looks, and you know, kind of wherever they are, they they build their little bat caves in a way that like, it's specific to where they are, and like they're just out there living, and like that's part of being a Padawan is you're gonna go out onto some outpost somewhere in the galaxy and learn there, and not murder everyone in your hometown. Sometimes. Sometimes. I also just really appreciate that Loden was like, oh, I have to help, you know, people clear out, you know, these pest (laughs) insect beings. Why don't they just call an exterminator? Why do you assume I don't want to do this? Yeah. Why would they call an exterminator when I can Jedi fight a fuck ton of weird space bugs? Yeah, they definitely have... I don't know, on one hand, they're solving massive problems with, like, millions and millions of people killed, and on the other, they're exterminating ants. Yeah, so, and they're, they have a lot little, of coverage. They're, they're nerds, too. Like, Indira's like, yeah, so these miners in the South Hemisphere think they might have found this cool thing, and I've never seen it before, so I'm gonna go. Let's see if it's for sensitive. Side note, I really like Indira's character. I'm oh, excited so cool. by her. She's awesome. She's like, I'm going to see, I'm just going to bring it back to research, but also go see the shiny rock in the ground. Yeah, they're a bunch Mostly of that part. Yeah, and absolutely. then they get to retire and make soup for people. Yeah. You know what, Yoda? Yoda where made the soup. fuck are you at? He made soup, but he didn't retire. It was not good soup. I was going to say, yeah, we all exactly. know that it wasn't as good as Porterango's soup. <laughs> and he, he didn't retire because he had already functionally uh caused the fall of the yes. jedi order to come about 19 years earlier yeah i retired mm-hmm. bitch you were fired <laughs> yeah exactly you killed all of your coworkers and then you went into your, retirement your company did you just collapsed like you were working at enron and now you're pretending like you're retired mm-hmm. how many enron jokes can i make on this star wars podcast please make all of them i was gonna enron. say we've already had more than I would have expected. <laughs> um, I also just love, like, and this this gets at what y'all were saying about, like, how they just kind of, like, live in their own, like, little stuff. I like seeing Jedi that aren't beholden to the Republic. Yes. Like, they're not off doing diplomatic missions. Avar and Elzar kind of are. But, like, 
but that that seems like it's definitely not the norm yeah they seem somewhat uncomfortable with it frankly um but yeah i like they're just out here being like all right got out of bed put my pants on one leg at a time let's do some good today you mean their gold crested robes (laughs) one leg at a time it's so weird that they carve giant statues of themselves into a mountain. <laughs> and wear, like, gilded different crests. <laughs> yeah, but it, I, I agree, Chris. Like, it, it's super nice to see. Because obviously, by the time we get to the, the Star Wars that we've all been familiar with for years, like, it's a real weird relationship. And yeah. here they're like, yeah, we'll help you if you need us to. But, like, we just want to go do things that are going to serve the force mm-hmm. like they're actual you know yeah I, jedi. I think it's like in this the jedi serve the purpose of being one with the force and serving i don't want to say the force's will because that sounds real manifest destiny-ish but they you know are doing their part as beings within this tapestry of the force and then by the time that we get i keep calling it the skywalker trilogy but by that i mean like trilogy squared because it's a trilogy of trilogies the um, trilogy. famously yeah famously it's like three squared um anyways uh with that i feel like by the time that we get to them in the the general storylines that we're used to they're serving the republic as like tools of the force um, in a very different way. And it, you know, that's a pretty big methodology change for 200 years. They're they're like a weaponized force for the Republic. Exactly, yeah. Whereas here, they're literally like, what good things does the force want me to do? Shall I go teach these children? Okay. Shall I make this delicious soup? Yes. Always yes. Make the good soup. Get the special peppers. You gotta get the special peppers from the market. Mm-hmm. I love so that. true. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts on um, special peppers? Not a ton to talk about in this section, but like the Republic at this point in time is fascinating. Yeah, I love it. I want to read so much more in this time period. Yes. Good thing that we have. I was gonna say. <laughs> yes. That's, thank that's you good for the lead. Because. <laughs> Um, awesome. All right. Well, that will do it for episode 152. I realized I was not talking into my mic, so I apologize. Uh, but why should today be different from all other days? Uh, everybody remember to go get your vaccines and boosters. And while you're doing that, you can read chapter 26 through the interlude after chapter 35, which did we ever establish if that's the end of part three? I didn't look. The end of part two? Yeah. Two? Okay. The end of the the interludes are only the last chapters. Yeah, in the so parks. it's, you know, it's. If you hit also, chapter 36, you've gone far enough. If you hit the part that it says cha- part three, the storm, you've apparently not gone too far for next week, but definitely for this week's reading. Ask her how she knows. <laughs> uh, if you have the means, first and foremost, give to your local organizations, food bank. Uh, blood drive, etc. Um, and then if you want to support us, you can donate to Toss Station Radio Patreon. It helps us cover our hosting and production costs. Or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookhorsepod. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terra Design. And our audio and production are done, as always, by Kristen McDonald. 
from all of us here at Book Wars Pod. Uh, Miranda, Rana, Kristen, Kate, Argos, Cerberus, Jasper, and Orca. I'm Chris, and we'll talk to you next week. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Rude. Who are you talking to about that? Damn. All right, Kristen. Jesus. Wow. It's the one next to the outro button. I showered yesterday.